load of vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop juniors podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 i'm omutsi as always alongside me the one the only mr bj armstrong what's good what's good my man mo what's happening hey man listen it's a friday it's a beautiful day i feel like it's time to give the people what they want and answer some more questions that came into the discord okay. but, but first you know, we we got to talk about one issue. Um, Kevin Durant was warming up for his home debut for the Phoenix Suns until he turned his ankle. I don't know if it was a wet spot on the floor or something. He slipped, and now it looks like he's going to be out for the remainder of the season. Wow. How are we looking at this, BJ? Because if he does come back for the playoffs, do you think that he? We all know the greatness of Kevin Durant, but do you think that you'd be able to just plug him back into that team and they go on a historic playoff tear? And win a championship or do you think we're now looking at the phoenix suns for a next year kind of project well you know first you want to you always want the health and safety of the players and the people that play the game so hopefully um that he's okay it didn't look good i mean it was a very awkward situation and i mean he just turned his ankle i know I, you know i don't know if it was slippery there or not but however his ankle just buckled and it was just a very unusual situation. No one was around or anything. So hopefully he's okay. You know, I'm not sure what the severity of the injury is. And I'm sure at some point Phoenix will give us an update. Uh, I guess the one positive sign he did, you know, dunk and jump on that ankle. You know, after it occurred uh, during the warmups, if you saw the video. Mm. But it was a very unusual situation, Mo. It was just... You know, and, and and as you get older, you know, things happen. But just like his ankle just buckled. It was a – I just hope he's okay. I, I hope – I don't like to see any player get hurt. So, uh, I just hope he has a speedy recovery. He's fine, that he can play. I know he he wants to be out there. I think if I remember correctly, I think that was his home opening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was going to be his home opening. So, I know he wanted to play. And for that to occur in warm-ups of all places uh, is a very unusual situation. Well, let's dive into these questions. Cameron Tate has said, Mo, if you could pick any current player to put on the Celtics roster right now, who would it be? Um, well, I'm assuming it means a, a player who's not currently on a team, because otherwise I'd just say Giannis. But um, I want to see Kamala Anthony, because they signed Danilo Gallinari, who is, of course, is injured as well. And, um, you know, adding a little veteran scoring off the bench never hurt anyone. Um, and I think just for the vibes in general. Could you think of a player not currently on a team, that could be beneficial for the Celtics. Maybe Serge Ibaka for some depth at a big man spot. What do you think, BJ? Well, I, I would like to see them add, you know, more toughness to this group, right? Mm. And so I thought Jay Crowder or someone like that would be a good fit for them. Just someone who can add another defensive player for this team. I think they have enough scoring. Um you know, when they're when their bigs are healthy, in particular Rob Williams, they're fine. Um, but I would love to see them add some more defense to the mix. Um, because I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to win the final game of the season. So if you're gonna do that, you're gonna need talent and you're gonna need toughness. I think they have a tough-minded group. I think they have a tough group. But if you could add to that, I think it only helps to do with their uh with their depth, because you you never know what can happen. An injury can occur. And Jay Crowder would be a guy who could 
fill in at a variety of positions because he plays bigger than what he really is. Well, the Bucks have got him now, so that's off the table. Maybe some Serge Ibaka who the Bucks let go. But the second part of his question is if you and BJ could pick any current constructed roster with the aim of winning as much as you can for the next five years, who do you take? His take is the Cavs. So we're talking about the next five years. So we're talking 2023, 24, 25, 26, 2027. Which team has the chance at the most titles in that five-year span? Well, that's a fascinating question because, you know, every year you're going to have a draft and yeah, you're going to yeah. have to do things. Yeah, so it's 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 really an impossible question. But it's a good question because, you know, you're saying if the team as is, you know, the team as is, I would say probably the Sacramento Kings. Ooh. As is. Because I because they have they have a, a couple of things that are essential, right? You got to have a guard who plays downhill. And not only does this guard play downhill, talking about De'Aaron Fox, I mean, he's probably, if not the fastest, one of the fastest guards in the league with the ball. Yep. And he's under contract then, as well. Yeah. And then you have Sabonis, who is, I mean, he's dynamite playing this version of what a big man you want a big man to be. He can pass the ball first. And he, he finishes around the basket and you can play through him. He's got so, one year left on his contract after this. And they'll resign. Yeah. He's only 26. He seems like he's a lot yeah. older. He's only 26 years old. And yeah, I think so. Those two. And then, and then of, of course, the, the monk kid has really like, you know, yeah. he, he, he he's really solidified like what you bring off the bench. So they have some things, you know, their coaching is excellent. Um, you know, I just think they have a great foundation. If you're looking at a team saying as is, like you don't add anything to it. Yeah, but I, I think this team is a, is a is I think they're a piece away. A I think piece or two away for really doing something. I think the Cavs are a great shout. I think Mobley can make that leap into a star player. Then they're a real serious problem. I think the Grizzlies, if they can figure out their off court stuff that we discussed earlier this week, with a little bit more time and Jaron Jackson Jr. maturing and not fouling so much, I think they could be a real threat. There's a lot of young talent in the league. But we've got more questions, and we're going to go straight into them. Harry Bridge wants to know, oh, this is a good one, BJ, because it's almost the playoffs. You said you want to start ramping up. If the game slows down in the playoffs and half-court offense and defense becomes more important, why don't teams play that way in the regular season? Given that the regular season is essentially practicing for the playoffs, wouldn't it make sense to play in a way that translates to winning in the postseason? Phenomenal question. Shout out to Harry. Incredible, Harry. That's an incredible question. Incredible observation, and you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, the reason that the regular season has been de devalued is because the players know you don't play that way during the regular season. Mm, so the they're like, yeah, because the postseason, the game slows down, the game is more physical. You value the possessions. So it would only make, you know, sense that you would play this way during the regular season because you value that way so that when you get to the postseason, you are the best at playing that brand of basketball. That's called winning basketball. So, Harry, you're absolutely right. Well, nothing gets by you. And why teams don't do that? Well, I think we know why teams don't do that. Well, because... I, I got to say, you know, in the playoffs, you don't have three games in five nights. You don't have back-to-backs on the road. Like, there are a lot of different factors. When it comes to preparing for a playoff game, it's a much more refined level of detail than preparing for a regular season game. You know, we see regular season games where teams haven't even game planned for the team that they're really going up against. 
Okay, so this is an era of pace and space. I don't, I'm not sure what you're referring to. This is an era of pace and space. It would only make sense that the game, you would slow the game down and learn how to dictate and impose your will on your pace, which would be a lot slower than getting up and down just shooting threes. We know that you value shot selection better in the postseason. We know we value turnovers. We know we value limiting a team to offensive rebounds. So it would only make sense that you would do that in the regular season. Just from... I'm not so saying it's right. It, it, I'm just saying what it is. So if you want to play faster in the postseason, Mo, you be my guest. I mean, every, here, but I agree with Harry. Why wouldn't you play away? I mean, it seemed to work. It's the team that seems, the teams that play that way always, always advance in the playoffs. So it, it seemed that you would imitate success, but hey. I mean, I mean, maybe you know, Harry and I are the only people that see that. Maybe Harry and I are the only two guys. You know, I, I'm gonna say, you know, for some teams, they only Mo stop wants to in, play faster. Mo wants to play faster in the, in the playoffs. For some I mean, teams, they only they only stop in LA twice a year or, or once a year, or they only stop in Miami once a year. They want to make the most of their time there. And when it gets to the playoffs, okay. it's a different story. But that's all I'll say on that. Okay. Uh, the next okay. question, right, BJ? I got to give a shout out to Mister Jago 1969. Reason being, he um, sent me a message on Instagram that he is 53 years old and he's trying to figure out how to use Discord so he can ask his question. So shout out to you because I okay. tried to get BJ to copy and paste something the other day and that was impossible. No, it's so, not happening. That's so not shout happening. out to you for getting involved in the Discord. If you guys want to join, the link is in the description. He says, what's going on with the Bulls? Always doing well against the good teams, like last night against Denver, and struggling against weaker teams or blowing large leads. And are they going to make the playoffs slash play in? Very interested in your views. So thank you for the question. Um, the Bulls, I feel like we've had this conversation a bunch of times. Aside from Alex Caruso, the Bulls, for me, worry me a lot defensively at kind of all their other positions amongst their starting group. And then the biggest factor for me is that they don't have really a true point guard. I know they got Pat Bev recently, but they don't have that true point guard that Lonzo Ball would have been had he been healthy. Because if you remember, way back when they had just signed DeRozan and Lonzo Ball, they were at the top of the Eastern Conference. The four or five months that they were all healthy, they look like one of the best teams in the East. So now you're missing a huge chunk of your team that you signed in free agency that you thought would be a young building block to build around. And everything we hear about Lonzo is very worrying from health-wise. So that is one thing that really can't be, you know, you can't predict that and you can't plan for that. So now it's about how they build on from here. BJ, what do you think about the Bulls? Well, you, as you know, Mo, you know, injuries are a part of the game. And... You got to have health. And right now they are not healthy and they don't have a health, healthy roster. So, you know, in addition to, you know, Lonzo Ball having this, you know, an, uh, a physical element, you know, we can't forget that Zach Levine at the beginning of the season, we didn't know his health coming mm -hmm. into this season. And right now they just seem to be kind of trying to figure out plug and play who's healthy, so forth and so on. They just picked up Pat Bev to address the situation you just um, mentioned, which is their defense. And they were counting on Lonzo Ball. They're counting on Caruso and these guys. And when you can't keep the ball in front of you out there on the perimeter, it really puts your bigs at a disadvantage. So they've been kind of struggling all year to find um, a group that can get out there and defend, you know, from night to night in this league uh, and on a consistent basis. Uh, um, they don't have any problem scoring. You know, 
you're talking about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, Vucevic, they can score. So you can see when they have the proper matchups, especially for those guys on the wing and Vooch playing pick and pop and scoring the way he does, they can score. However, their biggest problem is stopping uh, stopping people. And they're trying to address that. They're really depending on, you know, Lonzo Ball to do that. And when he was healthy, he did that. I mean, they had a great record. Uh, however, health has been their biggest concern. And you know what? That's, that's some sometimes that's just the way the the cookie crumbles. So um, hopefully those guys can get back healthy, but it doesn't seem like they're coming back anytime soon. What's interesting is that the Bulls defense statistically is actually very good. But if you put them on a nightly basis, you're not looking at them and you're really afraid um, of them. I've got to shout out Patrick Williams as well, though, who has been a good uh, defensive presence for them. And shout out to the guys there that are making the effort plays because that's definitely picked up recently, uh, especially since right. Pat Bev has come back and Caruso's got healthy again. They've actually had a great defense. Um, but on the other side of things, do you see them making the playoffs? Do you see them making the play in? Because, you know, they've got a prime Zach Levine. They've got an aging DeMar DeRozan. Vucevic looking for a new contract. These guys have got a lot to play for right now. Well, make no doubt about it. I, I think this team wants to make the playoffs. I think they, you know, they, the way they assembled this team, the way they're competing right down to the, to the end, certainly they want to make it, make it. Now, do I think they will certainly jump up to the sixth spot and get in? No, I think their best chance is getting in through the play-in game. And now that's anyone's game, you know? I mean, you know, if, if you're talking about them playing Toronto or Atlanta or Miami or somebody like that, I think I would probably select, you know, um, the other teams, right? Miami, for sure. Um, I think Atlanta um, probably would have an advantage. And I would even say Toronto, maybe Washington, but those are, those are anyone's games. That's why they're going to, that's why that's exciting because anyone can win one game at any given moment. So do I think they're going to get in? Eh, probably not. You know, I don't, I don't see them jumping up to the sixth spot. Um, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of games to, to, to make up, you know, it's probably what five, six or seven games or so to make up at this point. However, I think their best chance is to play in the play in and, that's anyone's game. But I, if you're asking me today, I don't I don't think so. Well, speaking of the sixth spot currently occupied by the Miami Heat, um, they didn't, in fact, win their game against the Cavs that we spoke about with Jimmy Butler taking his midweek trip to Los Angeles. They actually lost a close one, only by four games. And uh, Jimmy Butler, in fairness, put up 28 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals and a block. And uh, he shot 57% from the field. So maybe he did figure something out on that plane journey. Who knows? Um, by the way, breaking news, Kevin Durant is expected to be reevaluated in two weeks. So that's a good sign. Uh, that's less than the four to six weeks that they had originally reported. Next question comes from Andy Williams. Shout out to Andy. He says, on the back of Van Fleet's comments, did you see Van Fleet's comments after the last night's game? I did not. He um, is going to be receiving a hefty fine because he named Ben Taylor, the referee, and called him effing terrible in an explosive rant after the game. So not. okay, yes, there is going to be um, a big fine for him after the Toronto Raptors lost their their last game, and uh, Andy wants to know, given BJ's existing relationship with refereeing into account, because we all know how refereeing has affected your life, do players often feel personally targeted by officials, and why are certain players seemingly teamed up less than others? Well, you know what I what I've tried to 
you know, as I think I've shared this with you before, my dad was an official. Yeah, I think that's what he means and, when he says, given your existing relationship. Yeah, I, so I, I, I know firsthand and watching my father referee my entire life. When he misses a call, you know, and, and referees make mistakes. They're human. They make mistakes. It really bothered him. It really bothered him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also know that my dad, who loves basketball just as much as I do, that's where I picked it up from, that it also bothers him when players <laughs> makes mistakes. He's like, man, what's this guy doing? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like he, he thought I he thought I wasn't going to see this travel or he thought I wasn't going to see him push him in the back. Okay. So. Listen, making mistakes is part of the game. And the thing I try to practice, especially when there's a tough call at the late game. And I, and I, I think I, without seeing the, I didn't see what, what, what Fred said, probably the worst thing. And I don't know when he responded was probably right after the game. Post game. So yeah, I always, press pre- conference. yeah. So I always practice never comment about anything after the game, because when emotions are high, your rationale and things very low. So, I think it's very unfortunate that we allowed him to comment after the game, just like coaches should never come in and go on a tie, in my opinion, tirade after the game. Executives shouldn't go in and talk to the coaches after the game. It's important for you to gather yourself to eliminate your feelings and emotion. This game is played at a very, very, you know, the, the the emotions are very high. You know, these guys talking about Toronto, these are very competitive people. And, and and what do you expect them to say? So I would hope that maybe Fred, who, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Fred fan would say, okay, well, you know what? It was a tough call. The call could have went either way. That's the way, that's where it happens. So, but always practice. Try. I always tried to practice never to comment after a game, and I learned that from watching my dad because I know how hard it was on him when he would miss a call. It bothered him. Mm-hmm. It really, really bothered him. So, I have the. I always have the. I have the greatest empathy for those guys because they can get ninety nine calls right, yep. and then the one call, and then. So well, let me ask like you a, this. Let me ask you this though. Because I watch, you know, I watch every team. When you watch Draymond Green, for example, just an example off the top of my head, when you watch Draymond play, he gets away with a whole lot more than any other player would be allowed to get away with. Whether it's the type of fouls, whether it's the barking at referees that other players would get technical for, they seem to just be like, oh, that's just Draymond. That's just how he plays. Why do some players get a longer tether than others when it comes to the referees? You know, when a rookie does something, they're getting a whistle straight away. You saw Scotty Barnes the other day uh, get ejected from from the first game of his career. Why do some players get a longer uh, level of patience from the referee? That's a that's a really good question. Well, well, this is what I've learned about referee referees and playing the game. The referees also scout the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. They also scout and they also know how you play. So suddenly, let's say Mo is a finesse player, and suddenly he comes out and just start being real physical. In my dreams, I could be a finesse player. 
Okay. But, 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 okay. But all of a sudden now they're like, that's not how you play. Okay. The one thing that I, the, the one thing that is consistent. Okay. And the one thing you try to strive for as a player is I just want a consistent whistle. This is how we play. The most aggressive player always get the most consistent whistle. I'll say that again. The most aggressive player always gets the most consistent whistle. Yeah. And also, I feel like on some level, not like a conspiracy or anything, but the bigger name player it is, the fans are at the game to see them play. If they really whistled every foul on Draymond, he might be out of game in the first quarter. So okay, I, I, I guess I, I, I'll that. say this. But let me ask the you: the best players in the, the best players in our league are the most aggressive players. Yeah, but let me ask you this, BJ: Did you ever have a game where you just felt like, man, the ref has got something out for me today? That no matter what you did, you felt like you were being targeted by referee the same way Fred Van Fleet felt the other night against no, the Clippers. No, I no, I I don't because I know it goes the other way too. Sometimes it, oh, it's been a bit nice. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. If you haven't, if you've never committed a foul, raise your hand. Mo. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Everything again. If you are aggressive, Mo. If you are an aggressive player, the best players are the most aggressive players. If you are aggressive, you are going to toe the line on fouls almost every play. Okay. Give me your that's give me your starting five of all NBA all aggressive team. Of oh, the players that can do this. So Draymond Green's got to be there. The Dray, Dray, Draymond's there. Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart has to be there. Smart is, is who, Marcus who Smart is there. Giannis is there. You can call a foul. You can call a follow him every, every play. <laughs> Come on. Marcus Smart fouls like every play. But who else? Who else? We got two more spots. Okay. We need we need a guard right, and a and a five. I feel like Pat Bev. Drew I feel Hol- like Pat Bev. Drew Drew Holiday is a very aggressive player. But he's very he's okay. very, very smart with it. Like he I, knows, I, 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 well, you could call it however you want. There's it. some players Listen. though. There's some players though that like they know where the referees are stood at all time. They know what the ref is looking at, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they get away with more. And some players he's it's like an Pat aggressive Bev player. Blatantly aggressive. You see what I'm Pat, saying? Pat Bev, Pat Bev, he's an aggressive player. He's what aggressive. About, what about the centers? Steven Adams is an aggressive player. He he he's in a he's a, he's an aggressive. Joel Embiid, he gets physical down there. Joel mm-hmm. jo, Joel gets physical down there. Okay, uh, um, Bam out of Bayou. I'm gonna tell you. All right, wait a minute. You know who should be on this team is Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler should be on the team, right? Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm placing Jimmy Butler ahead of. Four. I'm gonna put Draymond at the five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jimmy, but it's not. I don't have a problem with that because now the referee saying, "Well, that's how he plays." Mm. And as long as he doesn't have an advantage, you you don't call the foul. The game is a very physical game. You know. You know. You know what's interesting. To- about the game today, the offensive players in this era are more aggressive than the defensive players because they're be. all looking. Hmm? You can't be as aggressive defense. There's no hand check in. There's the rules. Yeah, that's changed. what I'm saying. So the rules have changed. So the offensive players are the ones initiating all the contact. They're mm-hmm. the ones who are like finding bodies to hit. 
Well, before the the defensive guys were the ones who were initiating the contact. Now the offensive players are ones pushing off, the ones who are, you know, doing that up and under move, whatever that move is called. Yeah, but you then know, they the, hook the, the arm from through. below as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, Bam, certain teams just play that way, right? The 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 your Boston Celtics. I mean, those guys are pretty. <laughs> those guys are. I love it. I mean, I I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for the physicality because you got to be physical. Draymond Green, I'm all for that. If you want to win in this league, you better be the most physical team, and then the referees will adjust. They will adjust. Now, if as long as you can toe the line, and you're more physical than the other guy, and the other guy's always calling and begging for a foul. At some point, the referee, it's only natural to be like, "Come on, man, play." It's just mm-hmm. so to me, that's the way the game should be played. And then what I love more than anything is in the playoffs, they let that whistle go. Oh man, it's the that's best. Why, I that's why. That's why I love that. That's why exactly. That's why I think it's important to establish. I think it was my guy Harry. Harry and I are saying, start doing it now in game one. And then the teams will be like, well, that's just how that's just how that's just how they play. And then when the playoffs start, you won't have any you won't have any problems adjusting to it. So to me, it just makes it just increases your chances to play because the teams who are the most physical. More times than not, they have the most success in the playoffs. I hear it. I hear it. Well, that's another episode of the Hoop Genius podcast. BJ, any plans for the weekend? Oh, Little basketball, Mo. It's, 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 we got some matchups. Time of the year. We got some. Well, we, we I got tell some you what, I, I, I get any, any game. I, I, you I, got I your have own, so I've got a few. I, I do. I well, I'm going to the games this weekend. I'm going to go to the games this weekend. I'm going to watch the uh, the Knicks are in town. I want yep. to go see the Knicks to play the Clippers. They're playing. They're in town, and I think Toronto plays the Clippers. I think one of these nights as well. Yeah, that's uh, Friday uh, night. Nope. Friday night, yeah. No, 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 that's the Is Lakers. That the, that's the Lakers. That's the, the Lakers. Lakers. Lakers in Toronto. So I'm going to go yeah. see Toronto. Catch up with your guy Masai, and you know, see what's going on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down with Fred before the game and say, "Hey, Fred, come on, let, let it, let it go." You know, if I can, if I can drag my dad to the game, maybe my dad and I'll go and we'll talk to him. And I say, "Hey, Fred, my dad's a referee, and you know, <laughs> make the guy feel bad. Make the guy feel bad, you know." Say so welcome to OG as well. But um, I think that's yeah. some interesting, interesting matchups. The Bucks and the Warriors is always a good one. Um, the Kings and the Suns play on Saturday night. That's one I got my eye on. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of interesting games around here, and things have changed so drastic. Like Thursday night, I'm looking at Bucks Nets, and I was really excited. And then I remembered Kevin Durant isn't going to be on the Nets against Giannis on the Bucks. Yeah. So it's all, it's all trouble and changing. That Knicks Clippers game should be good. That's a little early tip off for us. We've got the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. Um, that should be fun as well. And then Sunday we got the Nets and the Nuggets. Nice early tip off, and some other early tip offs. We've got the Cavs or Hornets, Warriors Sixers, Pelicans Blazers. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, you know, we got a little basketball coming, but it's that time of the year. Start. It's, it's time to start gearing it up. You know, start yes, to gear it up a yes, little sir. bit. And then we got the, a nice win today. Oh, if we, it's all right. It's all right. We're just waiting for the postseason. But when does March Madness begin? Because it's the tenth of March. Like, I'm like ready. A, like a, like a, like a week. It's like a, like a week. I think all they right. play the conference tournaments or something this week. Yeah. And then yeah. Starting next week, they'll they'll start up. So all right. Well, you little, guys, little, little final four extra. You guys, get some rest this weekend because we're going to be back on Monday with more from the Hoop Genius podcast. And if all goes to plan, we're going to have a very, very special interview on this show next week. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. All right. Until next oh. time, good people, subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment and all that. And most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>